Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Real Talk with the Inspired Butterfly. I'm Kimberly Beeks Jordan, and I'm so glad to be here today. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving, and even though it may not have been the traditional one that you're used to, we all have so much to be grateful for because we all woke up and were able to live to see another day. I do need to pause here and let everyone know that I am not a licensed therapist and the stories I tell are from my own life and reflections about my life. My transparency in telling these stories are my truth and mine alone. If you happen to hear something that you can relate to within my stories, then it is my hope that knowing that your story is my story and my story is your story will help you begin the journey towards your personal healing. Now being transparent is my way of working towards my own healing because I by far am not healed from the lies and the secrets and the hurts that have been a part of my life. Transparency isn't for everyone. I will never presume to tell someone else's stories nor reveal every, anyone else's secrets that I've been entrusted with. My truth is mine to tell and mine alone. I know that I will, be, I will be judged by many because I am telling my truth, but that doesn't matter to me anymore because no one can judge me worse than I judge myself. So those judgments mean nothing to me at all. If they aren't going to help me move forward in my healing, then they can kick rocks. Now that that's out of the way, let's jump right into this episode, The Lies We Tell and the Secrets We Keep, Part 2. Last episode, I talked about the lies we tell ourselves to justify our actions or inactions. I talked about being a parent and thinking that I was the best parent, friend, wife, and woman I could be. But in reality, I was lying to myself and the world. I hid behind the layers of my mask so I couldn't even see the lies I was telling myself in the world. There were so many of them. Those layers were so heavy and uncomfortable, but I wore them because they protected me from the judgment of others. See, the things people say to us do matter. No matter how much we say they don't, they do. When you're on an emotional high and your spirits are soaring high, someone will come around and just bust that bubble with their opinions and their judgments. And it shouldn't matter to you, but it does. It hurts, it's hurtful. Why people feel it's necessary to direct someone else's life is beyond me. I mean, don't tell me I should do this or I should do that when you aren't practicing what you're preaching, right? So remember, I called myself a hypocrite in the first podcast. I did that not calling myself names or putting myself down, but because it's the truth. I have all these secrets and no one or very few people know about them because of that heavy mask called fear and deception. Today, I'm going to reveal a few secrets about myself that only a few know. And I'm doing this because I need to cleanse my soul and cleanse my spirit and get these secrets out of me so that I can move forward in my journey of healing. So the first one many of you are familiar with and recognize, and that is, I suffer from deep depression. And I know that there are many, many women out there that suffer the same. I have not been diagnosed as bipolar or schizophrenic. I don't take medication. I refuse to take any medication for it. But I have days like Thanksgiving where I am deeply depressed. 
and nothing can bring me out of that depression. Well, I'll take that back. Maybe a hug from one of my grandsons will bring me out. But more than likely, I'm if I'm in there, I'm there. My depression stems from missing my mother in the worst kind of way and never grieving her loss. I just kept going, or so the world thought. No one knew the biggest secret I held close to me when she passed away. I hid it behind the mask of functionality. functionality. Basically, I functioned daily, just barely. Bombshell. I became a closet alcoholic after my mother passed away. I mean, literally. I would go to work every morning, not hungover because I had a method to my madness. I wouldn't drink during the day at work or anything like that, but I would leave work and stop at Walmart and go shopping for things I didn't need except for a big bottle of wine. I would come in the front door of my house and take the bottle to my room and hide it in the closet. And then I would go to the front of the house and greet whomever was there and make a glass of ice water. I would then discreetly get the corkscrew out of the drawer. And I don't know why I just didn't keep it in my room, but I would get it and head back into my bedroom where I would spend the evening with my door closed, drinking alone and crying silent tears. See, I was messed up. I mean, seriously jacked up. And my kids expected me to help them with their grief, but I couldn't help myself. So how could I possibly live up to their expectations? I had lost my best friend and I didn't know what to do. And everyone had turned on me because I was the one that had to do everything and be in charge because the other people just couldn't do their part because they were grieving too. At the end of the week, because I would leave the house in the wee hours of the morning when everyone was still asleep, I would fill a dark bag up with the empty bottles that were my secret and take them to a dumpster on the way to work so that no one in my house knew how much I was drinking. It was a vicious cycle and shame is why I hid it. I was ashamed of my weakness. I was ashamed of myself. And I can't tell you when it stopped, when I stopped doing it, but it did stop kind of all of a sudden. So being a hypocrite and holding secrets has always been a part of me. And it's been a part of my, of my so-called redeeming myself because I don't want to disappoint others. So I hide that, I hide things. People who think so highly of me would be disappointed if they knew some of the things that I did behind closed doors. Loneliness adds to my depression. I'm extremely lonely even when surrounded by people. And I know there's others of you that can relate to that too. I'm isolated currently due to COVID, but I had isolated myself well before COVID. I self-quarantined before it was called for, but it allowed me to hide behind my mask of a self-imposed self imprisonment because I refused to let others see the sadness in my eyes. Now I hide behind the isolation because I'm sad, really, really sad. I'm sad because I long to see four of my grandchildren and two great-grandsons, but because adults play games with children, I can't see them. I know you guys can relate to that. You ladies can relate to that too, some of you. 
the mind games and emotional manipulations that people use and play is something I can never understand because I would never just intentionally set out to hurt someone. So I can't understand it when others do that. I'm sad also about what I feel is my body betraying me. But the reality is I've betrayed my body and now I have to deal with the consequences. Tell you more about that later. I'm married. Hardly anyone knows that. I miss my husband who is incarcerated. And I'm not ashamed of his incarceration. And I've always felt the weight of judgment by so many about people in prison. And I feel no need to defend him nor his actions. But I also don't want to listen to people tell me what I should do or what I or how I could do better. So the subject of my relationship is my business. And if I choose to share it with anyone, it's because I feel safe to do so. Today, I am really concerned about him because COVID is running rampant through the prisons here in California. Yet I have only shared this concern with a few. It's a mask that I'm not ready to take off because it makes me uncomfortable. I don't speak about him publicly and no one will ever see a picture of him on social media for his safety. I can get into some controversial situations being an advocate in the community. And I don't want any harm to come to him because I say things that are real about the disturbing things that go on around us and within that so-called um, criminal justice system that he's in with people who don't care about him as a human being. They don't care at all about them. So this is no justification. This is just straight facts. So he is my secret. Well, no longer. I'm also depressed because I need to move because I live in an apartment I'm allergic to. But I can't afford to move because the rents are extremely high. So because of finances and lacks thereof, I suffer. On Monday, um, I suffered a medical emergency. And the medical emergency could have killed me. I woke up choking on my tongue, which had swollen up considerably because I had touched something in the apartment that had been sprayed with pesticides previously. And um, not thinking, I touched it, touched the box, washed my, I didn't wash my hands and I ate something and in turn, my um, body reacted. Um, I suffer from red, itchy, burning hives all over my body. Um, the property management company ignores our pleas to do a simple thing as to change out the carpet or to move us to another unit. So I used to have these beautiful legs. I love to show off. They're no more um, because of red tracks and marks from the um, hives. Um, I've been trying to find an attorney and that's stressful within itself because people think that you say, okay, so you're having an allergic reaction to pesticides and you have a moderate flea infestation that existed before you moved into the apartment. That's, that's minor and it's small, but it almost killed me. Um, my health is my biggest source of my depression. So yeah, my friends, 
I have an even longer list of things that contribute to my depression. And nobody knows that this is the person that folks call Miss Kim because I only allow them to see what they want to see and what I want them to see. And the person that I want them to see is the person behind my mask the smiling person, the person that got up this morning at 8.30 this morning, making phone calls on behalf of some children to help get them some toys for Christmas. And these are children that I don't, that are not related to me, but I love nonetheless, because I do for them every holiday season. So why do I keep these secrets? Well, they're no longer secrets since I've told all of you. So what am I gonna do about it? <laughs> well, let's start with the why of the matter. I kept these secrets because I was afraid that I would disappoint so many by exposing my vulnerabilities. I don't want anyone to know that the only way I could deal with a lot of things, especially my mom passing away, was by drinking myself to sleep each night, crying in my pillow. I felt that I was in control of the drinking, but if I was in control, why would I hide it? Why did, why was, why did I feel it was necessary to be a secret? because I didn't want to disappoint others. I'm always thinking about the next person instead of just thinking about Kim. I was tired of the secret and it was time for it to come out. So in February, that's when I started counseling. When you start counseling at Kaiser, they do a drug tox screening on you, looking for drugs and alcohol. Well, my screen came back dirty. It was dirty for THC, which is weed, and I had alcohol in my system. They wanted me to take a drug program for the weed. <laughs> okay, no problem. I'm a blue moon smoker. I use, I use weed when absolutely necessary for pain relief, not for the high. I prefer CBD because again, I'm targeting body pain and not a mind trip. I told them that they needed to educate themselves on CBD and the effects of it because they kept trying and trying to twist me up and admit that I had a problem with weed. And I'm like, man, check this out. The millennials abuse of weed made me stop smoking it recreationally years ago. I am not addicted to weed. I use THC to help with pain because I refuse to take the drugs that they are trying to push down my throat. I'm not getting hooked on no narcotics, okay? Now, the amount of alcohol in my system was small, but they kept trying to get me to admit that I had a problem with weed. So finally, they ticked me off and I told them they should be more concerned about the alcohol versus the THC because I'm an alcoholic. When I said that, the look on those two counselors' faces was priceless. They looked at each other because they had missed that part because they were so busy trying to focus on I was hooked on weed. Yet here I had just admitted for the first time in my life to someone other than myself that I was an alcoholic. It felt good to say it. The program helped me and I graduated from it even in the midst of COVID, but the support was gone because of COVID. So I had to do it on my own. And it has been hard because it was a comfort zone for me and I could hide it from everyone except for myself. 
Now, I'm not saying that I haven't had a drink since then because I have. But the thing is, is that I'm no longer hiding the fact that if I feel that I want to have a glass of wine, my alcohol of choice is champagne. Um, I'm a New Year's baby, so I'm a champagne person. But I don't hide it any longer. I don't hide the bottles in the closet. I don't drink to excess um, anymore as a, a now and then thing. But today is my coming out party because I can no longer hide that secret. I've told all of you. And I can, and how I'm going to do something about my secret is. I'm telling people, I'm sharing my trials with others, my vulnerabilities and my fears. It's not an easy thing to do, but trust me, I believe it's necessary for me in order to get where I want to be in life. Now, it might not be necessary for you. You might have another thing that you are hiding or another secret that you're hiding and that you feel that you just need to keep hiding it. Perhaps maybe there's someone that you can trust that you can trust that secret with so that you can get it out of you and feel better about yourself. And that person can help you with that secret, help you to guide you through it, um, through the uncomfortableness of that secret because see change is uncomfortable and it takes you out of your comfort zone but check this out I love Dolly Parton in Dolly Parton's movie Christmas on the Square she said a person has to be willing to change in order to affect change does that make sense Okay, so she was a homeless person and she had a box and she was on the square and on the box it just said change. She never ever spoke to anyone when she shook that box at, in their direction and said change. She never said spare change. She just said change. So change is something that is within you. And you can hide behind excuses and you can hide behind your behaviors that are unhealthy. But if you want to change those excuses and behaviors into something positive, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And the first, you have to do that first before you can be comfortable. Does that make sense? Let me say it again. You have to be willing to be uncomfortable to get comfortable. So right now, I'm so uncomfortable in my skin that it's not even funny. And all I can do is think about ways of being able to change the environment I live in. I'm fighting depression every day, but it's not gonna always be hanging around, dragging me down and keeping me down by, by me sleeping my life away or drinking in secret or crying all the time, which I do anyway, cause I'm a big cry baby. But, I, I sleep a lot. Now I know since my medical emergency that there are multiple reasons why I'm sleeping a lot, multiple reasons why I'm in pain, multiple reasons why I am depressed because of the pain. And I know that I have to get up because when I sleep, I don't feel the pain. 
I don't feel the pain of life. I don't feel the pain in my body. Uh, the hurts that others inflict on us, I don't feel. The secrets we keep from others, I don't feel. You just don't feel them. But that's not no way to live. That's not living. You're existing. And I want to do more than exist. I want you to do more than just exist. But guess what? When you do wake up and you get up out of bed and you face the world, those things are still there. And if you don't face those deep, dark secrets inside of you, they will fester and grow like a nasty cut and you will never heal from them. So yes, it felt good to tell these women that I was an alcoholic. It feels good to tell all of you that I'm married to a man that I love. I've been married to him for 15 years and I love him. And I don't care that he's in prison. I love that man. And when I told these women that I was an alcoholic, the next person I told was my sister. And it felt good to tell somebody that loves me that I was an alcoholic and I was in trouble and I needed some support. I felt better because my secret was no longer a secret. I was no longer lying to myself that I was a fully functional woman without any vices. See, because the lies we tell and the secrets we keep will hold us back from being who we want to be in this life. They will keep us down and they will fill us with self-pity. Yes, I feel bad that I'm not in the financial situation to find an attorney to help me gain my grandparents' rights or to help me to sue this apartment complex. Yes, I feel bad that I can't move. And as we speak, I'm burning and itching because of the highs by no fault of my own other than being poor. Yes, I'm still uncomfortable about speaking about my husband, but he's the man I love and no one can say anything to me about him unless they plan on helping me to get him home. I have days where I stay in bed and watch movies and sleep all day. I did that from Thanksgiving to today. Well, mainly because I was in the hospital for three days, but I'm determined to change. And in order to affect change, you have to be willing to change. So I ask you, my friends, are you willing to change to become a better you? You don't have to admit your secrets to anyone but yourself, but it helps. I did this because my goal is to let someone know you are not alone. There's someone else out there going through what you are going through. I would like to again suggest to you a journal. Start journaling, write down your thoughts, get a notebook or a voice recorder on your phone. Use it. Get comfortable with expressing how you feel. Make a list of the good feelings you have about yourself and the negative feelings you have and start working on eliminating that negative list one baby step at a time. One small thing that you can change that will make you feel better about yourself. Find someone to talk to, a professional or otherwise, but someone you trust because Trust and believe, it helps a lot to be able to cry, scream, shout, and discover the reasons why we lie to ourselves and keep secrets. And I don't have all the answers, but these things work for me. We are entering a time where women need to shed the things that we are holding, that are holding us back, and our willingness to change 
will help future generations. Our legacy as women should be to stop generational curses, traumas, and family dramas so that we send healthy-minded young women out into the world that they will someday run in a very big way. Check this out. We can do it. You can do it. I can do it. They're going to do it. And we're going to help them to do it. Encourage one another. Stop gossiping and talking about one another. Man, just stop talking about people. Just stop it. Take the time to understand one another as well as who you are as a person. If you have an issue with someone, talk to them. Don't gossip about them. Don't talk about them to Sally Sue and Mary Jo. Talk to them and work it out. Examine the content of your character and the face that you truly want the world to see. Are you showing the world in your actions and deeds who you truly are? Create a bond that can't be broken by lies and secrets within yourself, and that will be the beginning of change. So ladies, today's episode will lead us into episode five, which will be the final episode of the season. I will have two guests on that episode answering questions and comments that I've received about the podcast so far. I've truly enjoyed doing this podcast. And after episode five, I will return on my birthday, January 1st, 2021, with the New Year's greeting and season two of Real Talk. I'm taking the month of December to learn more about doing podcasts so I can come back next year even stronger and ready to help all of us walk into 2021 in our own shoes with our own voices. So check this out. I added a voicemail button on Spotify so that if you click on it, you can leave me a voicemail with a comment or a question. You can also reach out to me by email at kbjrealtalk at gmail.com. That's kbjrealtalk at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter also at Inspired Butterfly Podcast, and I promise you I'll reach back. Look out for an invite to join a private Facebook page for my listeners in 2021. And let me end this message with a plain and simple quote. Don't look back. You're not going that way. I'm Kimberly Biggs Jordan, the Inspired Butterfly. Be encouraged, be inspired, be loved, be safe.